I cannot say how awesome it is to see this turnout this morning. Now, if you're in the first half, don't don't honk, but I want to hear some back row honkers just now. Let me hear you in the back. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I hope you can hear. I hope you can hear. You got your radios tuned to 87.9, right? Can we really quickly, can we really quickly say a thank you to all of the staff and leaders and volunteers who helped make this possible today. Can we say thank you to all them real quick? Now, I know that some churches, they don't like the horns to honk all that much when they're having an outdoor service. We are not one of those churches. I love, I love it. I'm having a blast with this. And I just want you guys to know, I didn't come here today just to have a little happy service, I came here to encounter the presence of God. And we came to get a word from God. And so I plan on preaching a word from God for you today. Did you get your hand out when you walked in? I'm so pumped to give you guys handouts. Now, if you're watching online, we want to say thank you for joining us online on our We've got our online campus, live.nlcwv.com. We also have our Facebook Live viewers. Thank you for joining us today. And uh, we got some people moderating, watching that, so that way you can be involved. If you have anything at all that you need, we want you to reach out to us. But we're going to get in the Word this morning, so if you've got your Bible app or you've got your handouts, go ahead and get them ready. And I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get in the Word and let God speak, and then we're going to get... Take a few moments at the end and share communion, and I'm going to share a few announcements about what's going on. So let's take a moment, let's pray one more time, and let's get in this word. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you. We thank you that your word is alive. It's going to change us, transform us. So we receive, Lord, not a word from Pastor Josh, but a word from God Almighty to every heart, every mind. Speak directly to spirits. We allow, Lord, you to be God in our life. We trust you. We thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Are you supposed to honk some horn? There you go. All right. I'm going to ask a couple rhetorical questions, and we'll start with this one this morning. We're going to get in the Word. How many of you ever heard this phrase or you've heard this question that God will never give you more than you can handle? I've heard that before. Yeah. We've heard that before, and, and I've heard it many times. I've heard it said multiple times to me. I've heard a lot of people share this before. That God's never going to give you more than you can handle. And what, when people say that, what they're meaning by that is they're saying that God's, God's going to manage it. He's going to protect it. He's going to watch over you. What, but what that does not mean is that you won't ever be affected by something negative or something difficult. It does not mean that. What it means is that it won't take residence in your life. It means, it means that it won't undo you. It won't end you. That God is in control, you place your faith in Him. Now, we're all dealing with the effects of the past 40 days, and we're all dealing with, the, with all that's been going on. And I think the reality for a lot of people, and I've had a lot of people reach out to me, and the reality for a lot of people is that we learned this. We learned that some of us thought we had certain issues in our life conquered. We thought we had some things that were maybe struggles or issues before we thought we had them knocked out, and we've learned that we did not have them knocked out. We had simply been managing them. 
We had just been managing them. Because whenever the isolation hit and whenever the quarantine hit, for a lot of us, some of that fear and some of that anxiety, we thought we had it knocked out. All of a sudden, it gets exposed. All of a sudden, some of the tougher things in our life that we thought were conquered, we realized we didn't have complete victory over. And now all of a sudden, it's come back to hit us harder. And, and for a lot of people, it's been a lot to endure. It really has. Now, some of us were dealing with some hard stuff before this hit. And this only magnified that. But for a lot of us, it's been a lot to endure. Everybody, that's what I'm going to focus on, this word endure. Somebody say the word endure. And I'm going to trust that you said it because I can't see you. You're online, endure. The word is endure. Because we go through a lot, and the reality is that you're going to have to be able to endure in order to overcome. Now, I'm going to ask that question again. Does God put too much on us that we can handle? The answer, sure. We go through all the time stuff that we can't handle that's too much for us. However, now before you all start throwing Bibles at me and go all Rambo on me, I want to make sure you understand something. Not everything we go through is God's perfect will. It's not. There is an enemy out there who the Bible says wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, if the enemy's assignment is to steal, kill, and destroy, then that means that God is not a God who steals, kills, or destroys. Somebody say amen. Jesus said, I came that you would have life. Jesus is all about that life. So, That means that when we go through things that we can't handle, sometimes it's the enemy that's really coming after us to attack, to steal, kill, or destroy. But even in those times, God's plan and God's will is that you would have life. You would experience the life in Christ. Now, it also means this. If we are called by God to live by faith, and if faith pleases God, and if I'm going to trust God and my faith is going to grow Once I start pleasing God, doesn't it make sense that the enemy would do everything he can to try to steal or to stop that faith from growing so that I would stop pleasing God? Of course it would. And so the enemy attacks. And so not everything we go through is God's perfect will. But Paul, and and I'm going to show you in Scripture, the Apostle Paul would absolutely say, yeah, you're going to go through some things and times in your life that seem too much for you to handle. It's going to seem too much to endure. And so we're going to look, pull out your handouts if you're online, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to get into this word this morning. This is what the Bible says. Paul said this, We don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure. That's a lot of pressure he's dealing with. We were under great pressure, far beyond, far beyond our ability to what? Endure. Far beyond, the, far beyond the ability to endure, he's saying, this is more than I can handle. So that we despaired life itself, verse 9, indeed we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened, watch, 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 this happened that we might not, what? Rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. So Paul's saying, listen, we're facing death, but thankfully we serve a God who is greater than death. 
We serve a God who brings life, raises people back from the dead. So even though I'm going through something that is too much for me to handle, I serve a God that is so much bigger than anything that's bigger than me. I serve a God who's able to overwhelm what overwhelms me. So if you were to ask the Apostle Paul, Paul, I need to know, are you going to go through too much that you can handle? Paul's going to say, absolutely. Of course, however, it's never more than what God can handle with you. What we go through on our own will be too much. But what we go through with faith in God is never, it's never too much because there is nothing that is greater than God's ability to help you and I through our faith endure and overcome. We keep our trust and our, and our hope in God. So we've been talking about something called spiritual endurance. I started a series last week called Not Today, Satan, because enough is enough. Now, if you missed last Sunday's, you need to go back and watch it. Not right now. I know you're tempted to in your cars. Not right now. Go back and rewatch it because it's a two-parter and it, it'll absolutely bless you. But, and they go together. But Jesus, he overcame and he endured because he had something that I'm calling spiritual grit. A spiritual toughness. An ability to, to stand strong and fight even in some of the most difficult situations. And this spiritual grit is so important. This ability to endure and overcome through faith is so important. In your notes, I've got, a, I've got a working definition in your handouts. What is spiritual grit? It is a spiritual toughness based on the encouragement and endurance of Jesus. The encouragement and endurance of Jesus. And it brings spiritual growth. So last week I emphasized the encouragement side and dealing with Peter and how Jesus encouraged Peter and how he prayed for Peter that his faith would not fail and he would endure and overcome. And today I'm going to focus on the enduring side and we're going to look at the Apostle Paul. And so I included a little drawing. It's a beautiful artistic drawing that I made myself. You're welcome. It's basically squares, lines, and circles. But I did it. I'm going to cover this briefly, but what we talked about last week is that anything worthwhile in life is harder than expected. It is. Nothing comes easy. And even for Jesus, enduring the cross, the Bible says that for the joy set before him, he endured that cross. Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane and he prayed. And while he prayed, he asked the Father, if there's any other way we can accomplish this, I, I, I would really like that. However, it's not my will, it's your will. And the Bible says that Jesus was ministered to, was encouraged by the Father and by the Spirit of God. And in that encouragement, he saw the joy that was set before him. What was the joy set before him? That joy was being, once again, reunited with the Father. That joy was also bringing redemption for you and me. You and I, we were the joy that Jesus saw. So when he saw that joy before him, he said, you know what? I can take on the cross for that. And so the Bible says he endured the cross and he overcame for the joy and for the hope that was set before him. And it was so important and so powerful. Of course, then you've got the enemy, that nasty devil. And what does he do? He discourages. He doesn't discourage through hope and joy. He does it through fear. He does it through hopelessness. And we all know what hopelessness feels like. It's like being surrounded by darkness, being completely um, consumed with darkness 
to the point where you stop seeing anything, where you stop having any hope, you stop having any faith. And if the enemy can get you to a point where you're completely hopeless, then he's got you defeated because he's got you at the point of quitting. And the only way you and I lose in this race, in this life, is if we quit. It's if we quit. And so his whole goal is to get you to quit through discouragement. So the Apostle Paul steps up and he's like, listen, here's what I need you to know. You've got Jesus who's encouraging you, who's helping you to endure. So don't look down. Don't look down and focus on the fear and focus on the discouragement. Keep looking up to where your hope comes from, where your joy comes from. Stay encouraged so that you can endure and that you can overcome. It's so important. Paul says, this is what I'm dealing with here. Endurance is everything. I have a question for you. Did God's word change because of COVID-19? No. Did God's purpose and plan for your life change because of this quarantine? No. Did God all of a sudden change his mind for his vision for New Life Church and how God wants to use you and me because of what we've been going through? Absolutely not. If anything, it's intensified the call of God in and through our life. God's word is still at work. He's still changing, transforming lives. He's never quit. He never will. And so I want you to understand something. We are called to endure some of the hard things, some of the difficult things. That's why we're called to use our faith in Christ to help us overcome all of those things which are trying to kill and steal and destroy. This is who God's called us to be, and this is our time. So we are called to endure. Now the rest of our time, and I'm not going to take forever, I promise you, about 10 more minutes, we're called to endure three things, three things that we're going to focus on. We endure by relying on Jesus, we endure for the good of the kingdom of God, and we endure for the sake of other people. And we're going to look at Paul's life, and we're going to look at it briefly before we receive communion today so we can get in this word fully. We all go through seasons at some point where we're facing a mountain that seems it's like it's too big. We all go through a season in life where it seems like, I don't know that I can do this. I don't know that I can carry this. I don't know that I can overcome this. There's just too much. It feels like it's too hard. Now, I'm going to talk. How many people here are over 40? Let me hear some horns honk. I am in the over 40 crowd, and so <laughs> they're in the over 60 crowd. They were a little late. The over 40 crowd, can we say with honesty, can we just be honest to the younger generation that endurance is going to be something you need for the rest of your life? Right? You're going to need this in every phase, in every season. You're going to need to develop a spiritual grit. You're going to have to have this to overcome because life has ups and downs. Life comes with difficulties. You keep your faith and your trust in God. He helps you to overcome, but you've got to develop that spiritual endurance, and it's so important. And let me tell you something. Endurance is not, that spiritual grit is not something you, you, just, you just, you know, possess. It's, it's something that you practice. It's something that you, 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 you trust in God and you rely on Jesus. I've learned that in life, you're either trusting in Jesus or you're about to quit. You're either relying on God to get you through or you just feel like cashing in and walking out. And this is what the Apostle Paul is going through. And I want to remind everybody here that God is not a God of unstable, of instability. 
He wants you, he doesn't want you going through unstable emotions, unstable finances, unstable relationships. God is a God who wants to bring strength and stability into your life. And this is what Paul, again, Paul is dealing with this here. You get this spiritual grit. He starts building things in you. And once you get this grit in your life and you overcome and you endure, then he starts adding things on top of it. And this is what we're probably going to get to after Mother's Day. We're going to look at Romans 8. And there are things that God wants to establish in your life. I, I wrote, I put them down on your notes. Once you get this spiritual endurance in you, then start, God really starts bringing you into full freedom. I'm talking about freedom from fear, regret, defeat, discouragement, failing, from doubt, all these things. God starts to change in and through your life because you've, you've developed this endurance, this ability to overcome in your life. And so we're going to look at what Paul's dealing with in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, just to paraphrase this real quick and give you some context, Paul started a church in Corinth, and the church, the people started falling away from their pastor. They started following people at that time who were having this, these myst, mythical, mystical visions and dreams, and they were kind of making all this stuff up. And so Paul realizes, hey, these people are starting to follow some kooks. How many of you know there's some kooks out there? We got them in 2020. And so the church was following some people that did not have the word of God. They were leading people the wrong direction, the wrong path. And so Paul said, hey, listen. You're following these, these idiots. How about this? I'm going to list for you, and he does it kind of sarcastically. I'm going to list for you my resume so you can see who I am, and you can know what I'm talking about. And he picks it up in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. It's in your notes. Go ahead and follow along with me. He says, I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I'll go on to visions and revelations from the Lord because I know a man in Christ. And by the way, he's talking about himself here. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up in the third heaven, and whether it was in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows, and I know that this man, whether in body or apart from the body, I don't know, but God knows, was caught up into paradise. And he heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. So I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weakness. Even if I should choose to boast, I'll not be a fool. I refrain, so no one thinks more warned me about what I do or what I say, verse 7, because of the surpassing great revelation. So I want to pause here. Paul says this. He says, I'm having, I've had these powerful revelations. He says, God caught me up in the third heaven. By the way, what's real is the spirit. It's the spiritual world. That's the most real world. And he he goes on to say, I I have full apostolic authority. I, I was in the presence of God Almighty. He's saying, listen, here's the truth. All these things, the, the, you know, these reasons that you're following all these other people, he's saying, I've got all those reasons too, but I'm not here to boast about myself because I don't want you following Paul. I want you filled with God. I want you pursuing God. I want you pursuing Jesus Christ. So I'm not going to boast about what Paul's done and who Paul is. I'm not going to boast about everything that I've And Paul has done some great stuff. But he's saying, I need you to pursue God. So that's what he gets to. Uh, verse 7, midway. Uh, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, now he's dealing with pride. I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan. A what? A thorn. A thorn where? In his flesh. How many of you ever grabbed a rose and didn't see the thorn? And how many of you ever gotten a splinter in your foot or in your finger and it hurt? I have. Not fun. Paul says, I'm dealing with something painful. 
something that I don't like. Verse 8, three times I pleaded. Man, I prayed, I begged, pleaded with the Lord, take it away from me. In other words, this is too much for me to handle. On my own, I can't deal with this, God. But he said to me, God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So Paul goes on, therefore I'll boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. By the way, that's my prayer for my church family, my no ordinary family, that Christ's power would rest on us. Verse 10, that's why for Christ's sake I delight in weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am what? Strong. So Paul's saying, listen, in some of the most difficult times in my life, when everybody else looks at me and says, you should be weak, you should be quitting, you should be bailing, that's when I'm at my most strongest. That's when I'm at my greatest. And he's, listen, he's got all these experiences with God, and yet he's dealing with something painful. He calls it a thorn in the flesh, more, something more than he can handle. And there's a lot of theological debate on what that thorn represents, and we're not going to get into that today. The one thing that we can all agree on is this. It was too much for him to handle because he pleaded and begged and said, God, please take this away from me. This is Paul, Paul who had crusades, Paul who planted churches, Paul who had miracles. He's saying, this is too much for me to handle. And so Paul's saying, all right, God, I'm going to give you two choices here. One, I want you to either take this away from me, or two, I'm going to quit. And God looks at Paul and says, uh, I'm going to go with the third option. I'm going to go with option number three, and that is this. My grace is sufficient. I'm going to teach you what it really means, Paul, to trust and rely on me. I'm going to show you what that really means, Paul, how to trust and rely on me. Now, when we start, start talking about that, we don't like that. Because if you're like me, when you pray, I'm like, God, I want this. I want it right now. So either bless me with it or take it out. One of the two, God, I'm ready for the breakthrough. I'm ready for this to end. I'm ready for this to begin. Help me, God. And God's always looking at me going, nah, I'm going to give you a third option. Because there is another level and another place in your faith with me that you've not achieved yet. Because you think this is still about you. And Paul deals with this in a very personal way. Because what God is doing is he's helping, even in the Apostle Paul, develop a spiritual grit. Look at your notes. Look at your notes. Number one, number one, we learn to endure by relying on Jesus. See, spiritual grit is not self-reliance. This is not learning to rely on Josh. This is not learning to rely on self. This is about total reliance on Jesus. Now, Paul had been blessed. God had taken care of Paul. And here's the problem. We have a tendency, when things are going really well, to start, to start feeling like we earned it. Or that we deserved it. When your business is blessed, and your finances are blessed, and your life is blessed. After a while, if you're not careful, you start thinking, hey, I did this. And you know what? You know what? You did do some work. But who gave you the ability to work? Who gave you the breath in your lungs? Who gave you the ideas in your head? Who gave you that strength? It was God Almighty. And if you're not careful, we start thinking, this is about me. That's right. And we start relying on self. And Paul says this, I started relying on self, and so I end up being humbled. I end up being humbled. And this is tough. You know, through this quarantine and 
all the other different struggles in our life, anytime you go through something difficult, you're faced with the choice of either turning to God or turn, turning away from God. But God has designed this in a way that we would, that we would turn towards him. And we, we get to that place where we say, all right, God, I need breakthrough now. I need you, either need you to answer that prayer or I need you to just you know, send me home, whatever. God says, no, I need you to know something. There is more of me for you in your life because I'm greater than you could have ever imagined. So I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you through faith and trust and prayer. I'm going to encourage you because I need you to understand what it means to endure so you can overcome. We endure by learning to rely on Jesus. There is a deeper place in God that he wants to take us. Look in your notes, James chapter 1. I love this translation. It says, when all kinds of trials and temptations crowd into your lives... My brothers, don't resent them as intruders, but welcome them as friends. Realize that they come to test your faith. To produce in you the quality of what? A quality endurance. A quality endurance. But let the process go on until, here we go, endurance is fully developed. And you will find that you've become men of mature character. So God is forming himself in you. Forming himself in me. This is what he's doing. Listen, when you go through the tough stuff... That's not God trying to wreck you. Remember, God's a God of life. God's building you. He's encouraging you. He's strengthening you. He's helping you to endure and to overcome. This is who he is when we go through the tough stuff. How many of you have gone through some? Let's, let's talk about this. The last 40 days or so, how many of you, your patience has been tested? All right, all right. How many of you the last 40 days on social media, you have let somebody have it? <laughs> How many of you the last 40 days at a grocery store have let somebody have it? I got a few. I got a few. How many of you they deserved it? How many of you somebody deserved it and yet you still didn't let them have it? <laughs> see here's my point we're all going through tough stuff and we're all going to face challenges and through that God's not trying to wreck you and set you back God's growing forming himself in you teaching you what it means to endure and this is a process it's not going to happen overnight you can't just drink this cup and all of a sudden you got it in you that's not how it works God says I'm going to grow this in you you keep your eyes focused and you trust and your faith in me, and this will grow on the inside of you. Remember that. God's not wrecking us. He's working with us. So our goal, our heart is to seek him and learn to trust him through this. Number two, number two, we endure, we endure for the good of his kingdom. For the good of his kingdom. Looking back in the passage of scripture, verse 10, Paul says, I do this, I write this for the sake of Christ. I'm not doing this for Paul's benefit. I'm doing this for Jesus. I'm doing this for the kingdom of God. I'm doing this because of the call of God and the purpose and the plan of God in my life. I'm doing this because my life has been shifted, that Jesus is the center of my life, and that's my calling now. And what, what transformed Paul's life was that he's now starting with God, and he's making God a bigger deal. You hear me talk about this all the time, that we believe God has a plan, a greater plan, for everybody here, his purpose for your life, something bigger than you. 
We call it belong, grow, serve, and go. That through that, God is helping us to belong into his family. That he's calling us to grow in our freedom, in our faith. Then he's calling us to serve and use our gifts and go make a difference in this world for Jesus. It's the greater purpose. And this is what Paul's getting to. He's understanding that my life has greater purpose. Now, I wrote it down in my notes like this. And I know this is a bit of a slap to the face, but it's a reminder that we need to be, that we need to be talked about right now. God does not exist for you. You exist for God. I'm going to say that again. God does not exist for you. You exist for God. Some of us have been treating faith like faith was to get from God what we want from God. No, faith is to please God, to honor God, to spread the gospel. That's why we have faith. And in the process of honoring God, God blesses us. He covers us. He cares for us. He provides for us. That's why we have faith. It's not because God exists for me. It's because I exist for him. That is the purpose and plan. of You've been wondering why your faith wasn't working. Maybe it's because you needed a, a transition in your perspective. That faith is not to get from God what we want from God when we want it from God. No, when, when you want what God wants for your life, for the purpose of why God wants that for your life, he'll, he'll, he'll give you whatever you ask for at that moment. But I want my heart aligned with his heart. We're getting ready to do communion in just a moment. Just a moment, so just bear with me. We got kids and we've got teenagers and we got youth here. And I, I, I just want, like my kids are 13 and 16 years old. And I'm just gonna challenge the young people for just a moment your generation is going to do more to change this world than any generation in the history. The reason why I know that is because the generation right now is at its fall, at its most fallen. We've got more unchurched, unsaved people in this country than we've had in the history, which tells me that God wants to use your generation to make the biggest impact. That is for the youth of today. Right now, God wants to use your generation to make the greatest impact. This is real. So that also tells me this. You've got to start owning your own faith. It's got to be your faith. And you can watch me or you can watch mom and dad and how they've lived for Christ, the highs and the lows and the struggles and the victories, all of it. You can learn. But you've got to have this faith for yourself. That's why moms and dads and parents and adults, that's why it is your responsibility to help them to feed themselves spiritually. There's a lot of people that don't know how to do that. But it is up to us to make sure that they own their own faith. That Christ and their relationship is not tied to just going to church. But it is their own faith they have in Jesus. That's what this generation needs. And that's why this church is so important. And what you're doing is so important. That's why the call of God is so important. And that leads me to number three. And the final thing we're going to talk about is we endure for the sake of others. The Bible teaches that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, that's God's part, and by the what? Word of our testimony. When you testify the goodness of God, it leads people to freedom. When somebody hears that you went through a struggle, and that you trusted God, and you endured, and you had faith, and you overcame, and it gives somebody hope, 
and allows them to experience the life-changing power of Jesus Christ as well. And we've got a region filled with people who need hope and who need Jesus. And guess what? They need your testimony. That's why we've got to endure. That's why we've got to keep fighting new life. That's why we're no ordinary family. That's why we've got to have each other's back. That's why we've got to pray for each other. Stand strong together. Through the highs, the lows, through the valleys, on the mountaintops, we do this together. We do it because God has called us. And it's not easy, but we're going to get through it. We're going to look at the enemy and we're going to say, not today, Satan. So Paul said this. Paul said, my prayer is that the power of Christ may rest upon you. That word rest means, that means I have God's power upon and within me to help me. And that's my prayer for every single one of you.